0: Hello, I am Matt Williamson, belly up to my bar here. Let's talk about all the frantic free agent action. Uh, Today is Wednesday, the start of the NFL League year. Free agency opens today. That's kind of tongue in cheek. Um, In a way, free agency is kind of almost over. (laughs) The first wave, first title wave has hit us, and it might be almost lull time. Um, I've been doing this a while. I always like to tell you about that and for some of you new listeners. I am at Williamson NFL. I've been in the media side of things for about 13 years doing podcasts, talking football only. I was with the Browns before that. I was with the Pitt Panthers, Akron Zips as their director of football operations. And I have a big, big announcement for all of you uh, coming up here soon. Tackling dummies, practice squad. haven't called you guys that in a while. But I do have a big announcement. I'll let you know when it's official. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. But without all this dilly and let's talk about some of the moves that happened since we convened last, about 24 hours ago. And there's a lot of them. I remember on yesterday's podcast, I was saying, Ooh, Norwell went to Jacksonville, and Richburg went to San Francisco. Who the heck's going to block for Eli Manning? And... I still have massive concerns with that. But the Nate Solder signing is gigantic for them. And they paid a lot. You have to. Is he an elite left tackle? No. But in the free agency world, he's as good as you're going to get. And he is a quality player. Um, there has been some rumblings you know, with his son's condition. Maybe he won't play a real long time. Who knows? Um, but they actually now have a left tackle. I mean... <laughs> Uh, The guys they've been playing with have not been adequate, that's for sure. I still think the right side, guard, center, I mean, they are still very short on offensive linemen. And I wonder, with the second pick in the draft, might they take Quentin Nelson? I kind of think they will. You know, if the rumblings are true that they're not going to go quarterback, I could see trading down two, three spots and maybe getting them, you know, or, you know, the bills or something like that. But it wouldn't shock me if in some way, shape or form, their first round pick is an offensive lineman. It really needs to be. And there aren't that many other guys to pick from. And we've heard a lot of Barkley talk, obviously, with the Giants at number two. They signed Jonathan Stewart, which I don't love that move. And we did talk about that one yesterday. I would think that doesn't you know, roadblock you from taking Barkley. But I don't know why you add Jonathan Stewart now. And they gave him reasonably good money. So two additions to the Giants offense. Solder almost had to happen. The Eagles kept Nigel Bradham. And my hunch is, and we've talked about this when I was breaking down the Eagles offseason, maybe they'll be shopping Michael Kendricks now. It might be a situation kind of like Bennett Curry where you, pick two, you know one's got to go. And Bradham signed a five-year deal. I don't know that he'll stick around for that long or, you know, see all five years. But they gave him very good money for an off-the-ball type linebacker. Um, He was really high on my list. I had talked about, you know, an ideal signing for the Steelers as like a Shazier replacement would have been Bradham. Eagles just didn't let him go. I mean, really played well for them last year. Every down guy plays the run and pass well. Uh, what they've been able to do and what they've been able to keep has really been impressive by the champs. Um, the Niners. I've been talking up for a while. Jarek McKinnon is one of my favorite free agent running backs. You know, versatile, catches the ball really well. I think his best days are ahead of him. You remember he was a combine freak and a, and a running quarterback in college that has really gotten better in protection in the passing game, the way he runs. The Niners gave him a lot of money, though. I mean, fine. I mean, it's play money to some degree. They gave him money like they think he's their number one and they don't have a running back issue anymore. I don't know about that. I remember they drafted Joe Williams. I thought Burrito was impressive. So maybe they go into camp with those three. Um... Maybe. I mean, I still think I would be in the market for a third, fourth round type running back if I'm the Niners. But McKinnon finds himself in a pretty good spot. I could see him putting up pretty serious numbers there. If, if, if it's status quo, if that's, you know, who who they go into camp with. Packers signed Jimmy Graham and Muhammad Wilkerson. I forget if we talked about Graham yesterday or not. think so. They've been trying for a while now to find this guy. Even when they didn't, you know, spend in free agency, they would. They did spend on tight ends, Cook, Bennett. This offense is really not built around, but really loves featuring those three by one sets. We saw him a lot with your Michael Finley, which seems like a million years ago. With the one being a tight end, a detached guy, a move around chess piece. And in a way, I don't think Graham is that anymore. I mean, he's not an inline guy. He's not going to be a blocker. He never has been, and he's not going to start now. But he's not the movable chess piece that he was with the Saints, where getting separation all over the field. They will use him that way, don't get me wrong. But I don't know that... I would be out of the tight end market if I'm the Packers either. I mean, second third round on an athletic tight end to learn from Graham and become that guy. I think that's makes a lot of sense if I'm Green Bay still. Um, but where I'm going with this is Graham's a crazy good red zone option. And maybe those tight end or touchdown numbers aren't sustainable. I mean, is he going to keep that up? But boy, he is gotten to be great at scoring touchdowns, you know, near the line of scrimmage or near the the goal line. And I don't think that's fluky. I mean, I I just think that he is a big, big problem down there. And I think him and Rodgers are going to connect on a lot of touchdowns. I mean, that's what he brings to the table to me for the Packers. Mo Wilkerson, tons of ability, started his career blazing hot like all those Jets linemen that are now no longer there except for Williams, Leonard Williams. Um, but really cooled off over these last two years. There's some work ethic laziness issues for sure. Um, a lot of talk of signed a big deal and now I'm going to put it in cruise control. And, you know, wasn't, didn't play as hungry. But the Packers is a much different atmosphere than a Jets team that's really struggling over those years. Um, they only signed up to a one-year deal. And when I've been talking Packers team needs, a big thing I've been stressing is they have to get better rushing the passer. And something I was suggesting was draft Maurice Hurst. You know, everyone's saying you got to go to the edge. And I do think that an edge guy would be great. But Clay Matthews still has something to tank. And Perry's a good starter that they've invested in. Um, That I think an interior disruptor like Wilkerson to put next to Daniels, Could really, really pay off. And then you still maybe draft Landry from Boston College in the first round. But fixing this pass rush has to be a big priority. And I like the step they took with the Wilkerson signing to get that done. All right, let's dig back in here. Nickel, who, great name for a nickel corner. Nickel Roby Coleman is going back to the Rams. Got him at a good price. I think he's one of the better slot corners in the league. And I think they have maybe the best corners in the league. I mean, very different than Peters or Tlaib. He's a pure slot guy, but that's fine. Sam Shields is there as well. I mean, that's a shot-in-the-dark type of deal. Kept joiner. Um, I love the signing. I mean, I, I think this really firms up and makes the secondary complete. I think they need to work on some edge pass rush. Titans, three guys that they picked up since we talked last. They kept Josh Klein, they signed Malcolm Butler, and they signed Deion Lewis. Um, I like the Butler signing. I think we're going to see a lot more man coverage, and we did see a fair. We saw quite a bit with LeBeau, actually. Um, I think there's, they are going to be a heavy man coverage team. I kind of think Logan Ryan was best suited as a slot corner, former teammates with Butler, and now he can do that more. You know, Butler and and Adoree Jackson should be your, you know, your starters, you know, in quotes. Um, So I like this pick up a lot. And one thing I'm working on, if you remember, I did it last year for Draft Digest. Draft Digest puts out a... uh, a magazine, you know, a a guide every year. And and I'm doing all their team needs, and I'm changing it every day. I'm changing it over and over throughout the day. It's just a constant thing that I'm working on. And i got to say, the Titans now are kind of a team that doesn't have needs that really jump out at you. I mean, I think edge pass rush is one. I was going to say guard, but they brought back Klein, which is fine by me. I mean, he's a quality starter. I would probably draft a center guard, you know, maybe on day two just to keep a strength of strength and push these guys and add a little youth. But, man, I think their secondary is fixed now with Butler, basically. I think their offensive line is status quo. And a big thing I've been saying is I really think these guys need a woodhead-like guy. You know, a total opposite of Derrick Henry. Really good receiver, shifty little guy. Maybe even help as a returner type. And then when they signed Dion Lewis, which is a much better version of that. I mean, is in every down version of that. That should Lewis be getting 20, 22 touches a game? Probably not, and he certainly won't here. But he's much more than like the woodhead that I thought they would end up with. And is he quite the receiver of that style of running back that I mentioned before? No, but he's a really good receiver and much different than Henry. And you talk about two do- two dudes that walk in the door and don't look anything alike. I mean, a total change-up for Henry and compliment to him. And I think this will really eat into Henry's production. Um, but I didn't see this one coming. You know, I thought Lewis, I thought like the Colts and he'd be their top guy as opposed to here being a real one-two punch with the Titans. I like a lot. The Browns. We get news today that Joe Thomas is retiring. Um, easy Hall of Famer, uh, class act. He's going to be really hard to replace. I mean, even in those those two, you know, those two picks in the top four, you're not going to take a left tackle there. I wonder if you, you know, you signed Hyde, a, a move I like a lot, and I want, I think that probably takes them out of the Barkley race in the top five. So I think you take the quarterback at 1. And do you trade down from 4 and then take a left tackle at like 12, 15, something like that? Or do you take Minka or Chubb if they're there? I mean, that's not so bad. And oh, by the way, you got early seconds. But filling that left tackle hole I think is going to be tough. And Joe Thomas is absolutely going to be missed. I do like the Hyde signing a lot. I've been a Hyde supporter Needs to stay healthy, but Hyde and Duke Johnson, it's a pretty good one-two punch. You know, he's an Ohio guy, played at Ohio State. Maybe they still do bring him in Barkley and just have an embarrassment of riches there and have unbelievable receivers from that position. And, you know, Hyde's not that guy, but he's a decenter. He's okay. Um, I don't. I just think that that isn't going to be the way they do it. I could see a third, fourth-round pick on a, on a running back. But I do, I do think you're out of the Barkley sweepstakes. Hubbard's a guy I've obviously watched a lot from Pittsburgh. Um... Filled in really well. I think he's a quality right tackle. Right tackle's been the weakness of the Browns line. Now it's going to be left tackle without Thomas. And I also think Hubbard could be a really good guard, but you can't have that luxury and they're good at guard. So I think he's a NFL starting right tackle all day long and fills a need for sure. I'm now worried about what's going to be the left tackle situation there on what otherwise should be a really good line. Um, Talked about slot corner before. Aaron Colvin is a really good slot corner. An underrated, overlooked guy on that Jacksonville. Great defense. Easy to look at Bouye and Ramsey and all the other dudes they have there. And overlook how much of a contributor Colvin was. Texans played against him twice. Uh, They absolutely needed a slot corner. I I could see him being even in every down guy. Um, Again, really good player. Corner. O-line's their biggest need. Corner was second, and both were... Gaping, gaping holes. Um, Jets bring back Josh McCown, and basically have said he's the starter, and I think he should be. I thought he had a really good year, uh, a definition of a bridge quarterback. Speaking of bridge, I didn't mean to do that on purpose, but here comes Teddy Bridgewater as well. I think that's worth the risk if you're the Jets. That let's see what happens. We got a ton of cap We would have loved to have Cousins, but we got Josh back, and we got Teddy. And if you if there isn't the if the draft doesn't fall perfectly, maybe you go another year without taking one. Maybe. I mean, I'm kind of on the fence about that. But see what Bridgewater brings to the table f- with a year in the organization. Maybe. I mean, I still think you'd love to go McCown, Bridgewater, Josh Allen, you know, or something like that. And I don't love Bridgewater. I've never been a huge fan of him to begin with, to be honest with you. And I feel bad because, you know, his injury and he's great story, and I'm rooting for him. But I was never really on board with him pre-injury. I also worry about him in that area of the country. You know, he does not have a power arm. Going to Buffalo, New England, the home games late in the year. I would have rather seen him end up in AFC, NFC South, something like that. Tremaine Johnson also is now a Jet. Uh, Makes sense. They want to play a lot of man coverage. You remember, um, you know, this is a Arizona-based Defense, you know, even going back to them having Revis. They've always won in a number one corner. And Johnson isn't quite that to mean, I know he's been franchised the last two years. But he's going to be the Jets version of a number one corner. A lot of press man. They're set at safety. So I like this addition. I could still see the Jets using a high pick on another corner, though. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, we got Sam Bradford and Mike Glennon in Arizona. I think I talked about Bradford yesterday, but not Glennon. Um I've been a Bradford supporter. Uh, I'm in his corner. I think he's vastly underrated. But their line's so bad. the offense is so bad that I really like picking up Glennon, too. I mean, sort of the same as the Jets, but they don't have as much draft capital that if you go through this year with Bradford and Glennon and you didn't get your guy in the draft, maybe you revisited a year. And I'm not suggesting that Teddy or Glennon is all of a sudden going to be the next Keenum or you know, come-from-nowhere type guy. But at least they have some pedigree. And these top four or five quarterbacks can't go to eight places. <laughs> you know, I mean, someone's going to lose out. And if you don't love someone, don't take them. So, especially where Arizona's picking, maybe they don't get the first-round corner or quarterback and at least add offensive line, wide receiver, at least build around for when that day comes, hopefully next year. Because, again, there's just not enough to go around. Um my hunch is and Cardinals fans probably aren't loving this idea but I bet Glennon if I bet Glennon starts the most games for the Cardinals at quarterback this year. I know that's not super exciting and I get that but when it's all said and done there're 16 games and I don't think they're going to be playing any more than 16. I bet Glennon starts more than anybody else. Uh last guy to talk about is Breedland, nice corner, goes to the Panthers. Um, played a lot of off coverage, a lot of zone, a lot of cover three with Washington. Panthers, I think, are going to go back to more of their traditional heavy zone, only rushing for, oh, Julius Peppers is returning. I'd love that. I'm a big Peppers believer. I'd love to see them draft a defensive end early, learn from Peppers. Um, Linebacker, backer-centric offense, or defense, a lot of zone. So I think Breedland fits that really well. And um, they traded Worley, and I think Breland's certainly an upgrade over Worley. Uh, Worley went for Terrell, or Torrey Smith. Um, so I do think they're going to, as usual, kind of cut corners a corner. But Breland fits the scheme, and I think he's a nice pickup. So I'm sure I miss some guys, um, and I'm sure I'll talk more about them tomorrow. And there'll be more to chat about. So spread the word about the Locked On Network. Over and out. See you.